Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Praise him, hallelujah. God bless you, City Reach Church. Hallelujah. So good to be in the house of the Lord today. Glory to Jesus. So honored to be in his presence today. How many are glad they made it to church today? I know I can just feel it in my spirit that it was a struggle for many of us to get here today. Especially it was one of those good sleep days when the rain is hitting, right? And the temptation is like, oh. Well, my wife and I were uh, privileged to spend a little time in Costa Rica with a few people from church. And let me tell you, Costa Rica is like a little bit of heaven on earth. Right, Alvin? Where's he at? Praise God. It was beautiful. Um, uh, we'll be opening City Reach Costa Rica in six months. I don't know how many people want to be part of that last year. I was like, Lord, can we open a church here? Praise God. God knows everything. But, uh, we just want to give honor to our Father, uh, uh, our Lord, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit uh, for his presence here today. And, um, I just feel in my spirit that there's uh, some of us who, who, who are seeking a breakthrough, and maybe you got some of that breakthrough during worship, but I believe there's still some room for some more breakthrough in the house today. Amen? Amen. Glory to Jesus. Um, we've been talking, I know last week, Pastor Vanessa, she brought a powerful word. I was able to hear part of that. It was uh, tremendous, and we're so thankful for, for our Spanish campus pastors and and, uh, but before that, for the last month, we've been talking about a, a, a theme called Thy Kingdom Come. And it's based on Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, where Jesus, as he was teaching the, um, the disciples to pray, he said these words. He said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and this is what we've been talking about for a few weeks now. And, and I shared the first Sunday that we talked about this is, is that this is part of the Our Father. It's, it's, it's the, the Lord's Prayer, and many may be uh, familiar with it. And how, when, when I grew up, I would say this prayer, but I always thought of thy kingdom come was, was, was Jesus coming in the rapture, the second coming of Christ, and, and I wasn't considering his kingdom here on earth today. But that's what Jesus was teaching the disciples, and that's what he was always teaching. He was talking about his kingdom here on earth, and how? He's called us to establish his kingdom here on earth. It's not just about getting to heaven. It's also about what are we doing while we're living here on earth to establish his kingdom. How many are with me this morning? In other words, he's called you, whether it's your first time here, if it's your first time here, well, we welcome here you to our, our church, or you, you're part of this church for the last four or five years. Uh, he, he has created you to establish his kingdom here on earth, and that's why Jesus came uh, to earth and died on a cross so that you and I could reestablish his kingdom here on earth. Uh, we also talk about how God created you and I in his image. And if we're created in his image, that means that we have some characteristics of God. It doesn't make you God, doesn't make me God, but it does say that there's some things that are in me that are that I am I am like like that because he 
created me in his image. It's just like if I have a, my, my father, right? So there's some things in my, in my being, it's because of my parents, right? There's some things you, you might be a certain height uh, or have a certain a way of doing things. I know when I'm driving my car. So, you know, when we were young, back in the 70s, You know, we, all the cars didn't have air conditioning, right? And uh, you had the roll-down windows. And um, there's so many things in, in those times. But we didn't have phones and stuff. So I remember as a kid, you, we didn't really wear our seatbelt back then either. And you may still not wear it. You should. But I used to just kind of peek over my dad's, over because we had the one seat. It was an old Impala my dad had. It's like a 76 Impala. It was blue with a black top, and I loved it. It didn't have air conditioning. Um, it only had, it was a two door, so you had to sneak through the back. But it only had the one seat. It didn't have bucket seats. But I remember peeking over as my dad drove and I would watch everything he did because I didn't have a phone, because I didn't have any, these other distractions. I would watch him drive, right? And there was a way that my dad would drive when he held the steering wheel and he would do this thing with his other hand. He would just let it hang. I never even noticed it, but now that I'm grown, I found myself driving, and I saw my hand just kind of hanging there, and I said, I am my father's son, right? So there's some things in you that it's because of your parents. You can't help it. And there's some things God placed in you that you can't help it because God placed it in there, right? Because you were created in his image. There's, there's, there's these, these, these things that God instilled in you, and, and we, need to, we need to grow up. We need to grow those things. And those things grow why? How do we grow those things so that we are we look more like our father? We we gotta get into his word. We gotta read his the Bible. And, and if the Bible, as we begin to read it and say, God, help me understand it, because sometimes it's difficult, help me to understand it, and maybe just take a verse, maybe just take a chapter for a week and say, God, help me. Reveal something to me through your word. All of a sudden you look more like God. Because you're taking in his word. The Bible says his word is life, right? And all of a sudden, you, 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 transformation happens and you're not even knowing it because you're taking in his word. When you begin to pray, have conversation with God, all of a sudden, his image begins to increase in you. And today, we want to stress a little bit about prayer and why that's so important. But let's, let's kind of go back to, um, to Adam and Eve, created in his image. And the Bible also says, and we talked about this, that God gave them dominion over earth. He gave them dominion. In other words, they can govern earth. The Bible says that Adam was able to name all the animals because he had dominion. He was able to dominate earth. Because Adam and Eve sinned, they failed God, well, then that dominion kind of just went away. It wasn't until Jesus, 4,000 years later, after they had sinned against God, 4,000 years later, Jesus comes. He's born in a, in a manger. Uh, to Mary and Joseph, and uh, 33 years later, he gives up his life on a cross. He dies, and three days after he dies, he bursts out of a borrowed tomb, the Bible tells us. He bursts out of that tomb in all of his power and all of his might. Yes. And he did that so that he could reestablish dominion for you and I on earth. So in other words, he died so that you would have dominion, so you would be able to govern here on earth, so we could establish his kingdom. Jesus was always talking about the, his kingdom. Um, 
And, and it's a mentality that it, maybe you're not too familiar with. Maybe you've been in church all your life. Maybe you haven't. But it, it's foreign. But I do believe that when we begin to hear about the authority and the dominion that God has given you through the one act of Jesus Christ dying on a cross and resurrecting, something in your spirit comes alive. Something connects. You may not understand it all, but something in your spirit connects and says, yes, listen to that because there's truth there. Why does that happen? It happens because you're created in his image. And when truth hits your spirit, your spirit receives it. No matter how long you've been to church, no matter how much Bible you got in you, you were created in his image and you were created for dominion here on earth. Right? I feel like preaching today. Praise God. Adam and Eve, they sin, they disobey God. How many have done that? All of us. And we sin all the time. We, we disobey God all the time. I, I probably did it yesterday, right? I'm sure I did it yesterday. Right? There was something that I did that I, but God in his mercy still says, you're my son, you're my daughter, I am for you, I am not against you. And that's what we need to be reminded of today. That no matter what our story is, no matter what pain you're carrying, no matter what doubt that this world tries to play, place on your life, you have been called for dominion. God's called you for a specific purpose in his kingdom. So you got Adam and Eve, man, and they, and they sinned, and they messed up, and, and, and they couldn't fulfill their role. So they were existing, but they were not able to function in their role of dominion. So, so what does that look like? It looks like a bird who can't fly, right? Or a fish who can't swim. And sometimes, because we live in a world that lies to us all the time, a world that limits us, right? Many times we are existing, but we're not functioning in the role that God has created for you and I to live out. So we're like a fish out of water, right? And it's not a good place to be. And I will tell you this, that most people live their entire lives like that. A life just getting by. A life just surviving. A, a life where you're not really understanding what your role is because somebody lied to you a long, long time ago. Amen? How many still with me? Glory to Jesus. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Long live the king. Long live the king. It's all about the king, brothers and sisters. When we begin to understand that it's all about that my life, it, it doesn't so, so much matter until I understand. My life begins to matter when I understand that he matters. When I understand that it's about him, all of a sudden my, my life takes and, and gains purpose. But until I get to a place, if I continue to base my life on my desires, if I continue to base my life on what I want, what I need, I'm never going to live out my purpose. I can gain some things on the world. You know, I can gain some things in the world. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, what does it matter if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Well, what does it matter if we gain all this stuff if we haven't understood that it's all about the king. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And there's some kingdom concepts, that, some principles that we need to begin to understand. That, that Jesus says that he gave you authority, that he gave you power to take back what the devil has stolen from you. Right? 
there, there's an authority and there is a power that is in your in at your grasp that you can obtain, right? To go live out the greater purpose that God called you for in his kingdom. Glory to Jesus. We talked about this, that God's plan was to extend his kingdom in heaven here on earth. His plan was never about establishing religion. It was about establishing his kingdom on earth through you and I. Jesus died to reestablish a relationship, a partnership, a friendship, a love story between you and your creator. The one in whom image you were created. John chapter 1 verse 12, it says this, But as many as received him, to them he gave power, that's you, power to become sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, there is a power and authority that is in your, in your grasp that God has provided for you. So you could be a son and a daughter. We talked about being the difference between a slave and a servant and, 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 and that uh, versus a, a son and a daughter. That when you're a son and a daughter, you understand, and I talked about it, you guys have lived it, many of you, that when your son or daughter comes in the house, they don't have to ask permission for stuff, right? They don't have to ask permission. They don't have to say, yo, pop, there's no more toilet paper, right? They already know where it's at. They can go get it themselves, right? Because they're a son and daughter. If you're a visitor in the house, you're like, yo, there's no toilet paper. What am I going to do? Who do I ask? Who do I do? Oh, this is embarrassing. What am I going to do, right? When you're a son and a daughter, you're comfortable, right? It's your house. Maybe that wasn't the best. <laughs> I lost but a son and a daughter understands, man, this is my house. I can walk around in my underwear, right? This is my house. And you're a son and daughter. We are in God's kingdom and part of this kingdom. And we go, man, I own this place, right? This is my house. There's room, there's room in this kingdom because that's my daddy, right? And the enemy doesn't want you to know that because the most powerful thing on earth is a man or a woman who understands that they are a son and or a daughter of an all-living, powerful God who gives you authority to stand up to the enemy, to stand up and say, no, not in this house, not on my time, because I have a son created in the image of an all-powerful God, and because of him, I have authority to shut you down. Giving you dominion to govern, to rule. We don't rule as the world rules. We don't rule with an arrogance. We don't rule with human strength. But we rule through humility, through power, and through submission to our Father, the King. See, because God is still the King, right? He's never given us ownership of the, of, of the kingdom. He's given us rulership of the kingdom. And so you don't own it, you rule over it, right? He's given you, uh, it's like this. Um, it, it's like he owns the house, right? And you have the lease. He's like, here's, here's, here's the lease. You got that. That's your house. That's your piece of the kingdom. You rule over that piece of the kingdom, right? That, that's what this is like. And we have to understand that he owns it and we have the lease. You, you, you signed for it, right? 
And you have a responsibility before God for that property that he's given you in his kingdom. For that purpose that he's given you in his kingdom. So there is a responsibility that you have before God. That one day we stand before God and God says, what did you do with the piece of the kingdom that I gave you? And we get to say, well, Father, I took care of it and I painted it. We renovated it. We made it better. We added some more folks. We upped the rent for you. And guess what? It prospered. Right? There's a piece of the kingdom that God's given you that you're responsible for. Yes. Glory to Jesus. So you have a role, a management role between you and God for that piece of the kingdom that he's given you. Praise God. How many are with me? So the owner, God has some responsibility over that property, right? But so do you. You have some responsibilities. When you sign that lease with God, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm your son, I'm your daughter, I'm gonna take care of this that you've entrusted me with. It's like when you sign a lease for a car. You don't own the car, right? The dealer still owns the car. But you sign a lease. And you got, there's some things that you got to take care of. You still got to check, check the brakes. You still got to change the oil. You still got to uh, change the tires if, if they need. There's some things that air filter, some things that you have to manage, some things that you have to upkeep. Yes. You don't own the car, but you're using the car. You're, you, you, you're, 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 you're responsible for the car. And that's the same thing in the kingdom. The kingdom is his, but he's given you a piece of it here on earth to manage to upkeep, to take care of. Let's see what the Bible says in Psalms 115, verse 16. It says this, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. He's given us earth to have dominion. And because Jesus died on the cross, you have access to that dominion or that governance over it. See, because that means that God has created you to be a leader. That means that God has called you to govern something. He's given you some authority. Uh, but, but this is very important to understand. Understand that he's given you a piece of the kingdom, right? Whether you've accepted it or not, there's a piece of God's kingdom here on earth that you're responsible for. Whether you realize it or not, it exists and God's given it to you. But this is very important. Heaven won't do nothing until you begin to declare it here on earth. Yes. Heaven's not going to move. So even though if there's something that you don't like in your community, if there's something that you don't like in your house, you need to take dominion and start declaring God's word over that thing, right? That's kingdom right there. It's not walking around like, oh, man, my community's terrible. No, it's never, oh man, it's just getting worse. And how many have had that conversation? How many have had those words come out of their mouth? Well, man, there's no hope. Nothing's going to happen. It just keeps getting worse. I got to get out of here. Yeah. yeah. How many have had that conversation, right? Maybe you didn't say it. You felt it. Maybe somebody else told you and you agreed with it, right? But that's not what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God is about this. Okay, world, yeah. It may look like a mess, but it's not going to look like a mess for long. Because I've been given authority, and I've been given power, and I am a son of the all-living God, and because of that, there's going to be a change in this community. Right? But let me tell you how that happens. That happens when something in you dies. See, in order, in order for something to come to life in your community, there's something in you that has to die. 
See, we want better. We want change. But we're not willing to kill some stuff in ourselves. Because in order to be a kingdom man, in order to be a kingdom woman, there's something in you that has to die so that something else can come to life. Maybe it's you, you, you're, oh, I'm tired. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to pray this today. I'm not going to pray this week. I'll pray next week. I'll pray when I get to church. That's not going to bring life to your community, right? That's not going to bring life to your household. This when you say, no, I'm going to kill this flesh. Something in me is going to die today. I'm going to get down to my knees, even if I fall asleep there. And I'm going to raise up my hands and say, Lord, I cannot have. I will not stand. I will no longer put up with this because I am your son. I am your daughter. You've given me dominion. You've given me authority to call some dead things alive in the name of Jesus. But some stuff has to die, brothers and sisters. Yes, sir. You want change? Kill some stuff inside of you. You want to see your marriage get better? Kill something inside of you. And, and guess what? You don't even need, your spirit already, already knows what needs to die. You don't need nobody to tell you. You already know. Your spirit knows. Your spirit, because the, the spirit begins to call you. So say, would you kill that thing? Will you kill, would you shut the TV off just for a little while? Right? Or would you just shut the social media off just for five minutes and give me some praise so that I can burst something new inside of you that it will start to spread, not only through you, but through your, your household, your marriage, your children. How we want to change, something has to die. That's kingdom. God wanted a kingdom on earth. He killed his son. Jesus died so we would have life. Right? You want to see life come around you? Kill some stuff in you. Kill the flesh a little bit more. The powerful thing I really want to get to today, brothers and sisters, is this. Is this is that you have access to the king? You got his email address, right? It's real simple. God at god.com. It's simple. God, I'm your son. I need you. God, there's a work order that I got a place for my house. Lord, there's a work order I got a place for my marriage. God. God, there's a work order that I gotta pay for my finances, God. Because I can't continue this way. If I'm your son, if I'm your daughter, teach me, help me, help me to kill something that needs to die in me so I can see your plan, your purpose, your way come to life in my heart. See, you got his number already. He's open 24-7. He doesn't have office hours. You just call on the name of your Lord. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it hurts so much. Sometimes it feels so impossible. Sometimes you feel so alone. But it is in those moments when we got to cast away the doubt that the devil has placed in us. Put our faith in action and say, Lord, you are my God. You are my refuge. You are my only hope. You are my rescuer. And 
to you, I cry out, believing, believing that it is done. Glory to Jesus. This prayer I'm talking about is vital. It's essential. You cannot get, go forward without it. When you pray, you can pray with authority. Using God's word. See, because prayer gives God permission to interfere here on earth. So we want God to move. We want all this chain. We need to pray. God, interfere in this situation. I need you to intercept this issue. I need you to intercept this. I need you to inter- I need you here, but he doesn't do it until you cry out to him. I love what John Wesley says. It might be on the slide. He says this. He says, prayer is strange. It seems that without God, man cannot. And without man, God will not. Just kind of take that in for a minute. God ain't going to do it until you cry out to him. He's not going to fix it until you humble yourself. He's not going to do it until you start killing some stuff. Say, God, help me to kill this thing. All of a sudden, he rises up and he does what you could never do. How many know that what I'm saying is true? Just leave that up there for a little bit. Just ingest that. We cannot do anything without him. And he won't do it without you. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to do your part so that we can expand his kingdom here on earth. Glory to Jesus. There's different levels here, brothers and sisters. So maybe you just started serving the Lord, man, and I'm not here to, to put more pressure on you. I'm here to encourage you and remind you that there is a God who hears your cry. And maybe you've been serving the Lord for a long time. I wonder, what are you, God? Man, there's some times, brothers and sisters, where you've got to just know that you know because you're in the wilderness, right? And he's trying you. And he's letting you seem like you're abandoned, but you are not abandoned or forsaken. He is there. He is there. He is there. Continue to cry out to him. Continue to believe. And as you cry out and you believe your faith, what increases as we were just singing earlier. Your faith arises. Get around some people who are people of faith. Amen. Glory to Jesus. We, we need to start thinking biblical principles. We need to start thinking, I know we did a sermon series before on, on biblical principles, but it's not about hoarding stuff. Hoarding stuff. It's about giving stuff away. Right? It's about giving stuff away. If you hoard it, it'll own you. Right? You give it away and you own it. That's all right. I said this the other day. Stop chasing money, right? Give to God what belongs to God and money will start chasing you. That's a biblical principle, right? That's not what the world is going to tell you, though. They're going to tell you the opposite. Is there some pain involved when you do this? Yes. But there's also some expansion of the kingdom, not only uh, in his kingdom, but in your heart. All of a sudden, his kingdom becomes alive in you. Stop feeling so sorry for yourself. It's time sometimes to dust ourselves off. Stand on the rock. His name is Jesus. Start walking as a son and a daughter of your creator. I'll tell you this. You can change your week. This week coming up, 
by understanding the power of prayer. There's so many things that get in our way. There's so many obstacles that get in our way. One of those is self-doubt. Self-doubt. Man, I struggle with this every day, and I'm sure most of you struggle with it as well, because the enemy wants you to doubt who you are. He doesn't want you to know who you are in Christ. It's the greatest weapon that he that you can use against someone is self-doubt. It's real simple. You can't do it. You'll never do it. You're not able to do it. Look where you came from. You'll never do it. All of a sudden, that person begins to doubt themselves. Yeah. You know who was a genius at this? Michael Jordan. He would tell his opponent, you ain't, uh-uh. You. He would get in their brain, right? He'd get in their mind. And all of a sudden, they began to doubt themselves. It wasn't that he was always the greater athlete. But what he was, a, a genius was at creating self-doubt in his opponent. All of a sudden, they began to doubt it. Charles Barkley says in one of the finals, he says that he thought he was the greatest player. And in game two, Michael Jordan put a beat down on him. He says, I came to the realization that I was not the greatest player. But it wasn't the physical aspect or even the drive. It was the mental aspect. Self-doubt. And Satan knows that if you know who you are, then he's in trouble. So he doesn't want you to know who you are. Your doubt and your fear empowers him. Let's say that one more time. Your doubt and your fear, and my doubt and my fear, empower him to have his way with me, right? It empowers him to, to, to what? To, to control my destiny. And my God is too big. My father is too big for me to be continue to be dominated by a liar, right? Glory to Jesus. And so more than anything, he wants to surround you with doubt. I'm going to share one little practical thing that I think is going to resonate in, in some of your minds, and then we're going to close this out. There's people from immigrants who come to this country, right? From India, from China, from Japan, from wherever. They come in here, and they have a different mentality. They have a different mentality. They come here looking for a business, not for a job. They come looking for a business. Where we've been in this country for so long, I'm talking about mostly our, our Hispanic and, our, and, and our, uh, African American, we've been here, here so long, and we're just looking for a job, right? I just want my dream job. Oh, I found my dream job. Let me tell you, that doesn't exist, right? My dream job, and there's some good jobs. I'm not saying we all need a job, but, but we, can't un, we can't get stuck on this job thing depending, we, we, we need a different mentality, right? So the, the immigrant may come and they will hold a job for a while, but their dream is a business. I'm going to own a business. I'm going to own a business. And they'll hold that job for a little bit. But see, they're wired to own a business. Well, we've been wired to just get by and get a job, right? But I believe that as we move forward as a church, as we move forward, God is going to begin to change that mentality. Right? And I believe that in this house right now, there's some businesses that are going to be birthed. Right? I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to start saying, oh, no, 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 you got a good job, but I got something greater for you that's going to impact my kingdom even more. And I'm not saying that you can't impact the kingdom in a job. Amen. You can, and, and let us do that. But I'm telling you right now that God has some greater things for
your life, and he's going to remove that doubt, that self-doubt that maybe your mama put on you, maybe your brother put on you, maybe your boss just put it on you right now, and there comes a time when we got to stand and say, no, it ain't about what my mama says, it ain't about what my, it's about what my heavenly father, whose image I am created in, oh, to expand and to impact his kingdom, however that looks, and get to start a business, I'll start a business, and he'll remove the fear, and he'll arise of faith in me. The world has put some ceilings on your life. Ceilings. Jesus died to demolish those very ceilings so that you would look and say, there is no limit in the sky today. Church, can we stand? brothers this is, we've been talking about this for about three or four months that's about the way you think the way you think that God will begin to change the way you think that we would understand that we matter that you matter in his kingdom that there's something greater for you in his kingdom Romans 12 2 it says don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think Then you will learn to know God's will for your life, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And when you're living in his will, you find satisfaction and fulfillment that nothing, no woman, no man, no nothing could ever give you. Yes, Lord. So Heavenly Father, we honor you in this place today. We thank you, God, for sending your son, Jesus, so we would have access to your kingdom here on earth, God. We declare in this place right now, oh, that you are the king. We declare you as clean king. We proclaim you as king in this place, in our hearts, in our minds, in our homes, in our marriages, in our finances. God, we need you more than ever before. And we come against the lies of our friends. We come against the lies of this world. We come against the lies of Satan himself right now in the name of Jesus. We declare your truth, your truth over those lies in the name of Jesus. And now church, with every eye closed and head bowed, I'm just going to make a calling today. If you're ready to just make him king of your life, I'm going to count to three. You're going to raise your hands at this time. One, two, three. Just raise your hands all over the room. Church, can we raise our hands with them? We're going to pray this together. Jesus, be king in my heart, my mind, my spirit. Forgive me for all those things that I've done. Help me to forgive others. I want to fulfill my role in your kingdom. 
today, today is my day of redemption, of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, let's make room in the front 
Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.